0: This next story is quite a quite a revelation and it's a Global News exclusive which has uncovered some secret government documents that uh, expose what they'll call a bombshell showing three Canadian foreign terrorists. So we're talking about foreign fighters were deliberately targeted by coalition forces carrying out airstrikes against, yes, ISIS targets. And the operation was called Inherent Resolve, a U.S.-led mission that our Canadian troops were involved in. And the documents do lay out the legal justification for the airstrike saying that nationality played no role, that each target was treated as an enemy combatant. So this is not illegal because it was done in the context of armed conflict. But it could then become problematic domestically, which I guess could lead to some kind of legal issues, I guess, if you pushed it. But it raises the issue that this whole thing has been done with little to no transparency. Because if Global News had not asked the questions, I would not be telling you about it. And I'm sure they would prefer that. And most of the documentation that Global got, a lot of it was blacked out. So we don't even know if the targets were killed what coalition forces were involved, but as the University of Ottawa law professor Craig Forseizes says, he says this should be something we talk about. We have to ask the question, I think, uh, above and beyond the legal minimum, are there policy issues uh, where we would decide uh, to not kill Canadians or, in this case, kill Canadians. And, and that's the sort of debate that I think probably deserves to be uh, much more open. Uh, this is, your document is the first I've ever seen acknowledging uh, that there have been instances in which uh, Canadians were part of a target package uh, back in 2015 or, or prior to 2015 when the Canadian Armed Forces were deploying uh, bombardment through uh, 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 Air Force jets. I saw, nothing, I saw nothing in the memorandum that you shared with me that led me to conclude that there was anything wrong with the government's legal reasoning. Stuart Bell has done a terrific job of kind of digging up stories and headlines that we would not know about because there's so little transparency. Remember, he was the reporter for Global that exposed ISIS fighters were coming home from overseas, and we didn't know about it, let alone... We don't even know what they did or where they're living. He joins us now. He's our national online investigative journalist with Global News. Stuart, this story came out of, I guess, simple digging. Um, but I've got to be honest, how angry would, I guess, everyday Canadians be that those fighting for ISIS from Canada were targeted?
1: Well, I mean, there's nothing strictly illegal about uh, about killing combatants in a uh, war zone, mm-hmm. regardless of their nationality. Um, so the kind of uh, legal justification that the government has put forward in these documents that we obtained, uh, the, the experts seem to agree that it's by and large correct, although there's some, you know, there's open to interpretation, some aspects of it. But uh, it's interesting that it's, it's this topic that the government does not seem to want to talk about, um, while our allies have been quite... Open about it. Um, so it's, you know, we know now this is going on, mm-hmm. um, but we don't know really what Canada's policy is on it. Um, and they just don't seem to want to address the issue directly in any way at all.
0: I mean, from what I recall, I, I recall that the rules got more restrictive when it came to these kind of targeted strengths back in 2016, that it was, I think, made uh, much stricter that you couldn't just kill a targeted. Uh, leadership or, or, or I guess, one of these missions. Do you know anything about that?
1: Well, according to the minister, uh, there really hasn't been a change in policy the last couple of years. The policy uh, now is as it was then, which is that if you're deemed to be uh, directly participating in hostilities in a zone of conflict, uh, you can be targeted. Mm-hmm. Um, where some of the uncertainty creeps in now is a, is there's different definitions of uh, what it means to be directly participating in hostilities. Um, Some view it uh, more restrictively. So for example, somebody who would be an insurgent by night, uh, the minute that they put down their weapon and return to their civilian life and civilian job or whatever, uh, is no longer considered to be participating, so they couldn't be targeted. Whereas um, some countries like the U.S. take a more uh, take a broader view. They would interpret anybody engaged in hostilities to be targetable at any time, even if they're not really fighting during that moment. Right. So there's a lot of sort of uncertain uh, areas in terms of just what Canada's approach is to these things.
0: But this was a U.S.-led mission. So they would likely have different international rules. And frankly, if you're over there as a Canadian and you're fighting with the enemy committing treason, um, I would think under international law, you're out of luck.
1: Yeah, I mean, under international law, uh, those those types of uh, of targetings are permitted. I think people generally agree on that. The difference differences of opinion I they come in in terms of how you interpret the law. And then even as this uh, this internal document we obtained alludes to, um, when it comes to domestic law, it's really uh, an uncertain kind of untested area. Mm-hmm. And there could be some issues regarding the charter and even criminal law.
0: Okay. So when you say, you know, as soon as I hear the word charter and I, and I uh-oh, are we expecting then that there'll be some kind of legal action against the Canadian government? with it with these particular cases
1: I don't know And even if there is the experts we spoke to uh, seem to believe there's a pretty good chance that uh, Canadian domestic law would align itself with international law which which is that you know you go over to a country you participate in an armed conflict Mm -hmm. you can you know you can die you can be killed But it's it's never been tested. That's that's the uncertain aspect of this.
0: It may be, though. Yeah. In this case, given that the government settled so quickly with Omar Khadr. But uh, the bottom line is um, they've been very secretive about this. And I'm not sure why why they're not then being more clear about it to uh, to what you've you've been asking. Why is there so much redacted information or so much secrecy?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's exactly the point right there. Um, We. As part of our investigation, we requested uh, documents from the Justice Department just looking, asking for what is Canada's policy. Uh, We got over 100 pages that were completely redacted. Mm -hmm. But still, some had dates on it suggesting that this was something that they had been looking at. Now, compare that to, say, the U.S. and the U.K. The United States has been dealing with this issue since uh, Anwar al-Awlaki was killed in a drone strike in Yemen. In 2012, uh, and uh, you know that he was a U.S. citizen. That was <clears throat> that was an issue that they dealt with, and openly, the U.K. also. Uh, there were a couple of targeted strikes in 2015 of uh, British ISIS members who had been really vocally inc- inciting attacks within the West, and they were considered to be uh, so dangerous that they needed to be targeted. Um, I think the people we don't know. For sure, who was targeted who were Canadians, but we can pretty much guess. And the ones that they probably went after were the ones who also were very vocal on social media, right. trying to target, uh, try, trying to incite attacks, and also, you know, directly communicating with people in the West, try and get them to conduct attacks close to home. But um, even though the US and UK have been, you know, quite open. There were sort of public investigations by the U.K. The U.K. Prime Minister uh, has spoken about it and and basically justified the killing of British citizens and ISIS, saying that um, in the cases where it was done, there was really no alternative, and they were considered to be so dangerous, it just had to be done. But on the Canadian side, we have complete silence. And um, even today, we tried to ask questions of Minister Sejan uh, after question period, and he said basically nothing. Right,
0: and Ralph Goodale didn't say much either, other than Canada does not engage in death squads. But is this a a, a government silencing, or is this just a liberal um, silencing? I mean, is this is this standard operating procedure with the Canadian government, or is this is it this government in particular that's being so so, I guess, ambiguous?
1: Uh, I I don't know. I mean, the previous government, I remember asking similar questions and didn't get answers, uh, but this the current government kind of getting a mixed uh, signals as you, as you suggested there. Um, on the one hand, Minister Sejan is saying that, um, you know, things are the, the policy as it is and, and referring to international law, um, whereas Minister Goodale is saying, well, we don't, we don't conduct, uh, you know, we're, we don't have desk squads. I think was his exact term. So it's almost a mixed message in, in terms of whether or not Um, this is something Canada does and and its approach to it.
0: Right. And not to mention, if these guys are so dangerous and they came from Canada to fight overseas and we are in the process of letting these people back in, there's also the other issue of, well, how dangerous are they? Because clearly they were dangerous enough that the coalition felt they should be killed.
1: Yeah, I mean, for somebody to be targeted in an airstrike, it's got to be pretty serious. And we're not talking here about... You know, a Canadian who just happened to be in the vicinity of a target that was struck by the coalition. We're talking about people, cases where the Canadians were specifically targeted. They were the targets of the strike. So you'd think to reach that level, um, putting that kind of resources into taking somebody out, it's got to be somebody that's been deemed to be a pretty grave threat.
0: Chances are you'll find it, though, Stuart. Thank you uh, so much for joining us. You've been doing some great digging. Okay, thank you. It's not easy when you try to get these government documents. It takes a long time. You have to ask the right questions. And then when you get the documentation, as you hear, there's also, you know, and often a lot of it is taken out. So good work by him.